This CityWire podcast is sponsored by Scottish Mortgage Investment Trust. Scottish Mortgage invests in some of the world's most promising and exceptional companies, from healthcare breakthroughs to electric vehicles to a green energy revolution. Scottish Mortgage takes stakes in businesses shaping our future economy and society. As with any investment, capital is at risk. Hi, I'm Zach Sharif. You're listening to The Advice Show. I'm joined here by Group Communications Director Stephen Lowe of uh, Just Group. Stephen, how are you? Very well, thanks, Zach. Good to be with you today. Yeah, great to see you. Um, So thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, I understand we're going to talk about the exciting topic of pensions. It's the only topic in town, Zach. It's the one that everyone wants to talk about. You're so lucky now that you're covering the beat. So, um, so yeah, let's do Absolutely. that today. Absolutely. Um, so just very quickly, let's dive right in. Um, what do you think uh, the state of pen- self-invested pensions are right now? And you know, where do you see the direction of travel? Appreciate there's a lot of volatility going on right now. I, I think there are some big questions at the moment that have arisen, Zach, because of just what you said, market and volatility. So why don't we get into some big questions and kick off the the pod with those. So um, I was thinking if I were an advisor or a DFM now, what are some of the things that I'd be thinking about in response to that volatility? And um, an old professor of mine, my favorite professor at business school said, successful strategy starts by asking the right questions. So let's see if we've got the right questions today, uh, today, Zach. Um, I guess the first one is, the, the the efficacy or the the relevance now of the 6040 portfolio i mean that's it's it's not a new subject it's one which i know you've covered and your listeners will have heard before but i think the recent volatility brings that into question and in particular you know this received wisdom that you know bonds were uncorrelated to equities you know does that still hold true so and, and that leads on to what might be an even bigger question. Uh, and that's for clients who are in what I like to call the spend phase of their life. So people will call it decumulation or retirement income. I like to call it savers and spenders. So I'm going to call it spenders if that's all right today. Right. Um, but for those people, are their investment portfolios configured in a way that best recognizes the risks of people that are in the spend phase of their life. And I think this, you know, it kind of shines a spotlight on the 60 portfolio and whether that's still true. So I think we might get into that question because um, it's probably very relevant to your advisors and DFMs that are listening to the pod absolutely, today. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, it's an age-old question. Um, and, and I think particularly with what's going on at the moment, it seems um, pertinent to bring that up again. So just a word on that traditional 60-40 portfolio. Um, do you think that that's necessarily, you know, it's the way things, uh, it's always been the benchmark of things. Do you think that's necessarily the way things should be going moving forward? Or, do, or would you see a change in that? Well, I think um, the market volatility is called called into question, Zach, whether or not the 60-40 portfolio is the go-forward solution. Now, uh, anyone listening to this pod will probably know what I'm about to say, so I'm sorry I'm not trying to teach your listeners to suck eggs, but as you and I know, the risks that the spenders face, the people in decumulation face from their investment portfolios, is very different to the saver. So unique risk like longevity risk you know, it's a, it's a very unique challenge in later life. There's an unknown planning horizon for the advisor. None of us know how long we're going to live. So that's one big risk that's different. The second one is the sequence of return risk, i.e. 
the order in which investment returns arrive. So when you're a saver, it really doesn't matter much whether or not um, the returns come at the start or towards the end. But the sequence of returns experienced in retirement can have a disproportionate impact on the sustainability of a portfolio. So if we bear those two risks in mind, I'm now going to try and answer your, your question. So we've, we've, we've uncovered what you might call like one of those eureka moments. You know, the moments in your life when you look back and say, why didn't we think about this sooner? And we've uncovered something that we believe will change the way that advisors construct their drawdown portfolios. Right. Now, for those clients who are in the, the spending phase, not the saving phase. Um, and the outcome is that the drawdown portfolio could be more sustainable. And by sustainable, I mean a plan that has a higher probability of generating a sustainable level of income. And secondly, delivering a higher portfolio value. Now, it's all sounding a bit black box at the moment, so I'll try and say, well, what is it? Um, fundamentally, this starts at the asset allocation level. So rather than the classic 60-40 portfolio, 60% equity, 40% bonds, instead, substitute some of the bond investment for an alternative fixed interest asset. So it's possible now to place a fixed interest asset inside the drawdown portfolio that delivers a guaranteed income and that is totally uncorrelated to equities. Now, we've been stress testing this now for quite a long time and the results look pretty outstanding. So Zach, I should say that this won't be appropriate for every single client that the advisor have, but it will deliver better outcomes for yeah. significant portions of advisors clients so swapping out bonds or some of them proportion not all of them into this new guaranteed income generating asset can help the advisor and give their client uh, a more sustainable plan now i can hear your listener saying yeah you would say that wouldn't you but don't just take my word for it we've shared our findings with some independent and highly respected practitioners and I'm sure in time, when they've done their own analysis, they'll publish their results. It's very exciting. It could fundamentally change the way that tool providers, DFMs, advisors and platforms configure their outputs. And at the end of the day, we're all here to do a better job for our clients. Just sort of just going back on um, sort of, you know, just group. Um, so recently um, you released a report uh, that found that more than 42% of advisors thought that the cost of living crisis is likely to increase the number of clients seeking to give, you know, lump sum cash gifts to their children. Um, and the important distinction was made in your report that this is not just, you know, the traditional method of getting your kids on the housing ladder. That these a lot of times were specifically or advisors thought they were specifically for cost of living costs. Um, could you just expand a little about why that might be the case um, and, and, you know, what sort of changes? you're seeing at the moment yeah this was um this is a piece of work zach that we did um we've been running it for 10 years actually it's the longest running survey looking at people's um usage and attitudes towards long-term care but as part of that this um on this batch of questions as you rightly said we're asking advisors about in particular have they recognized that clients might be perhaps gifting away too much money and not holding enough back to satisfy their needs or potential needs for care in later life. That's how it came about. So we discovered this insight where 
um, because we we provide advice uh, as well within our group, whether it be DB transfer advice or equity release advice or investment advice. And across that range of advice, we'd identified that increasing numbers of clients, and I'm sure many people listening to the pod will recognize with this as well, that those families um, were having to gift away cash to support not their own needs to battle with this cost of living crisis, but that of their families, so their children and potentially their grandchildren. And we'd seen increasing numbers of people inquiring whether it be releasing equity from properties or from their pensions as a way to satisfy those family members. And that's been an increasing trend, certainly over the last 12 months. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, just a word on those sort of family members. Um, I, uh, we also, I mean, um, in all the sort of political chaos at the moment, it's looking like um, care reforms might be postponed for another year. Um, what reforms, you know, would you like to see? Um, and how, how, how do you think, you know, people should plan their care costs accordingly? Well, first and foremost, we've got to make damn sure that the Conservative government in October 2023 bring about that change and don't kick it down the road again. You know, we've had a decade of failed reform and I don't need to tell the people listening to this pod because they're dealing with real clients with real needs and helping and supporting them. But what what we know fundamentally, Zach, and, and the advisors on this pod will know is that until the government have reached a settlement with their citizens that is understood, then we know most people will not actively plan for their care in later life. They're waiting for that settlement. And time and time again in our survey that we do annually every year, that's the same message that comes back. Tell me the settlement and then I can act. But at the moment, uh, of course, if the settlement hasn't been reached, it dissuades people from participating in planning for care. So we know what we need to happen, Zach. Implement the reforms in October 2023. There's been a lot of work done. Legislation's been passed. Councils are now planning on the detailed implementation. So we just need to get on with it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, and and um, sort of returning back to that market volatility, which we would hope would now calm down um, with a new prime minister announced. Um uh, re- returning to that volatility, um, there's. I mean, you mentioned the the sort of traditional sixty forty portfolio, whether it's relevant anymore. Um, but there's also a thought that you know, um, in uncertain times, that buying guaranteed income, so sort of annuities and fixed income and things like that, um, is actually making a comeback. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it, it it's 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 kind of quite surprising, isn't it? The wind changes direction, and you pull up your sail pretty quickly and catch the wind. And what we've seen over the last uh, probably eight to ten weeks is that, as you say, as a result of the government gilt market increasing in value, that's seen annuity prices increase by probably 100% compared to the same period last year. And as a consequence of that, we're seeing lots more wealth managers and advisors starting to kind of re-familiarise themselves with a guaranteed income for life. Yeah. in terms of how it might fit to meet that client's objectives. So there's probably been a doubling, trebling, quadrupling in demand for quotations over the last few months as advisors are saying, look, when I can generate this kind of guaranteed return, it puts a lot of pressure on the investment portfolio. And so 
course, Zach, as you know, and certainly as your listeners know, this isn't an either or conversation. It's how do you blend some guaranteed income with some non-guaranteed income? And that tends to be the way that advisors you know, think, which is, of course, the right thing to do. But, but you're of the opinion that um, advisors should consider a, a lot more guaranteed income just to blend with, um, as opposed to you know having most of it not guaranteed. Well, Zach, the, um, as I always say, the advisor is the architect to the client solution. It's, you know, I won't tell an advisor what to do. That's not my job. But I know that increasingly advisors are looking at the guaranteed return that can be achieved with a traditional guaranteed income for life solution or pension annuity. And it's causing them, rightly so, to say, I can probably get a better balance by combining the two. So, yeah. Um, it's in my interest, isn't it, Zach, to say everyone should have a look at it. But I don't need to say that because advisors are doing it themselves, which is um, you know, it's great to see. And it's the right thing to do. Absolutely. And a lot, a lot of data sort of seems to be pointing in that direction as well. Um, uh, but but of course, it would be interesting to see where it goes from there. Um, and, and, you know, um, a word a word on, you know, Hubwise, um, uh, Hub Financial Solutions, just group, of course, being part of that. Um, uh, there's uh, just that's particularly relevant for advisors um, is your financial advice service destination retirement. Um, so could you just give us an overview of what exactly that entails and how it might be relevant for um, for people today? Sure. So um, uh, some of your listeners won't be familiar. Um, Hub Financial Solutions is the advisory arm within Just Group PLC. That's the company that um, that I work in. Yeah. Um, but over the last three years, we've been developing a solution that we hope will help middle Britain savers that don't get access to the kind of quality of advice that, you know, the people that are listening to this pod deliver. And so we're thinking, how can we try and help fill that advice gap for middle Britain? So we've developed um, what you might refer to as a hybrid um, advice solution, predominantly digital with human beings behind when people need help. Um, And we've spent a number of years developing this. In 2022, we started to roll it out into the workplace. So we've deployed it now with around 50 employers as a workplace solution. So that's where we've started. but yeah, fundamentally, Zach, it's about giving retirement-focused advice. So for the spenders, not the savers, uh, for people that want to convert their uh, retirement savings, their ISAs, their general investment accounts um, into a sustainable retirement income in later life. So very much for people considering their life after work um, and so far, we're getting a good response. It's very early days because we've we've only just started rolling out to employers. But um, for any advisors on the call that want to know more, then please get in touch with us. But it's aimed very much at middle Britain. So people with assets up to perhaps a couple of hundred thousand pounds. We're certainly not looking to try and compete with um, the experts on this call. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, finally, just one last thing, not to get us too depressing, but to talk about politics for a moment. Um, would you, uh, I was just wondering what you would like, because obviously there's a lot of volatility at the moment, um, and um, it's looking like, for example, uh, the triple lock on pensions is, is back and here to stay, um, but of course it's all uncertain around around that at the moment. Um, so I was just wondering, in terms of retirement, um, are there any policies you'd like to see from an incoming government um, to settle things down? 
Oh, that's a big question, Zach, isn't it? It's the, it's the uncertainty that kills you, as they say. So we want to remove the uncertainty, get it off the table. So um, let's keep everything crossed that the government do implement the triple lock and um, we support um, our pensioners. Um, I, when I look across the pension landscape, there's so much um, happening, Zach, that we'd probably fill a podcast just going through the long list of policy ideas. What, what would I hope for? I think if I go back to that middle Britain territory, and it's not for the clients that of the pod listeners today, but we need to provide some really, really basic support, guidance and help. And the government launched, as you might recall, this impartial independent service called PensionWise, but there aren't enough people getting to it to use it. So I think anything we can do just to help inform the general public of the basics when they get towards taking that retirement income can only be good for all of us in the industry. And one of the things that we know is that as more people use pension wise, they then realize they have a need for professional regulated advice. So we see more people seeking the help of advisors. So I think I'd look for the government um, to try and do more with MAPS and the FCA to get more people into pension wise. It's kind of where it trickles up rather than trickles down. We need to help people you know, at the basic level before they can become more conversant with this material that we all deal with every day. Absolutely. Um, well, thank you. Yeah, that was very detailed um, and I'm sure very interesting for everyone listening. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Stephen, for your time. Um, I think that's a great note to end on um, and um, have a great week. Thanks a lot, Zach. Good to be with you today. Yeah. You've been listening to The Advice Show. Uh, I've been Zach Sharif talking to Stephen Lowe and uh, we'll catch you at the next one. Thanks for listening. <laughs> This CityWire podcast is sponsored by Scottish Mortgage Investment Trust. Scottish Mortgage invests in some of the world's most promising and exceptional companies, from healthcare breakthroughs to electric vehicles to a green energy revolution. Scottish Mortgage takes stakes in businesses shaping our future economy and society. As with any investment, capital is at risk.